All right, everybody. Thanks, as always, for joining us here on Modern Da Vinci. We're always looking for ways to help small business owners grow and thrive. Today, we want to look at something that we know can be a real pain point for many small business owners, and that's getting a grip on their financial planning and understanding how to maximize resources and reduce risk, uh, both in the short term and the long term. And personally, I know that's something that can uh, cause a lot of consternation and worry for a small business owner and has definitely caused some sleepless nights for many small business owners out there. So on that note, I'm very pleased to introduce our expert for today's interview, Blake Fellows of Fellows Financial Group. Blake has over 15 years of experience as a financial advisor and planner, especially with a focus on working with entrepreneurs and business owners. And through his company, Blake and his associates offer customized and integrated planning that spans across everything from traditional financial planning to succession and estate planning investment management, benefits and insurance planning, the whole, the whole continuum. And uh, Blake's also, I know, very active in the community out here in Northern Virginia. So Blake, great to have you on. Thanks for taking the time to do this. How are you doing today? Doing great. Yeah, thank you, Seth. Thanks for having me. Yeah, my pleasure. Well, I know this is an important topic uh, for many small business owners and kind of want to you know, tap into the fact that we know that um, there's a lot of business owners out there who know they probably need to pay more attention to their financial planning, and they really want to secure all the hard work that they're doing and, and have clarity in the future. So with that in mind, when a small business owner first walks into you, what are some of the biggest questions and challenges that are usually on their mind? Uh, that's a great question. And typically, um, uh, in, with small to mid-sized businesses and the owner's you know these folks are you know they're usually well uh, well versed in their craft whatever that may be whether they're farmers, um, plumbers, law firms you know accountants, uh, technology firms you know what have you restaurants, and these folks are typically very busy. You know they wake up with their list of you know seven to ten items they want to get done that day, and then all of a sudden a fire comes up or somebody calls and they have to drop everything and move over here, move over there, help this person, uh, help this client. And by the end of the day, um, you know, they've, they've maybe got to the, the top two or three things on their list, but by then it's like 7.30 and they're hoping to spend some time with their family. And, you know, it, it, you know what, I'm going to try it again tomorrow. We'll get back to that list tomorrow. And that's, it's real similar <clears throat> with, with planning items is they know uh, typically that it's very important, but what's more important is what's the fire that's burning right now that they have to take care of, and they've got to keep this business going because the business – is really, you know, that's their, that's their baby. That's like another child. And that is uh, it's their source of income. It's everything. It's typically the biggest asset or assets if they have multiple businesses. So really what we find our, our team doing is putting on track shoes, chasing down very busy, successful individuals, wrestling them to the ground two or three times a year, and helping them to concentrate on things they'd rather get a double root canal than talk about, and it sounds kind of funny, but it's true. It's not that they don't know that this stuff's important, but it's, I figured it out after almost 16 years of doing this. Uh, we specialize in the areas that people are going to get to next week and next month and next year, and that turns into next week and next month and next year. And um, it's not that they don't think it's important. It's just, you know, it's easy to put off and, and address on what's in front of you. And um, so to answer your question, you know, what are the biggest questions and challenges when someone comes to meet with us? Usually we have to be proactive to track these folks down to get a meeting and then talk to them about, you know, the different things that they should be focusing on um, sooner than later because if you wait too long, then your options become less and less. Uh, 
So there, there's typically, rarely does somebody come in with a specific uh, question or challenge. They usually say, okay, I'll give you 30 minutes. What do you got? But by the time we go through uh, introducing what we do and asking them some questions, they're like, yeah, you're right. I, I, need, to do, I need to address that. So that's, that's typically the process. Uh, and anybody that deals with small business would probably be able to relate to that in some fashion. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, so, so here they are. It's like they know in the back of their mind, you know, I need to be paying more attention to this stuff. I, I stand to lose potentially money, uh, probably even as far as putting their business at risk potentially if they're not being careful enough with their, uh, how they manage their resources, potentially putting their mm-hmm. retirement at risk, um, the value of the company. I mean, there's a lot on the line, and yet we kind of engage in this weird thing where we put it off, uh, like you said, just because the day-to-day becomes so busy, you, you, you don't pay attention to this stuff. And then all of a sudden, one day you wake up and you realize, uh-oh, uh, I need to do something about this. Yeah, exactly. So what's the so you know what's the number one mistake then? I mean, other than procrastinating, I guess we'd say, what's the number one mistake that you see business owners make when it comes to all right, you know, hey, I need to get in, into this financial planning. What's something that they might uh, uh, mess up and then later regret? Sure, no, good question. And you know. It, and mistakes not, aren't always bad. You know, a lot of times you learn from your mistakes, and that's good if you can do that and take it as a, an experience. Uh, so we won't say that they're all bad. Um, but, uh, you, know, I, you know, 70% of all businesses uh, exit without a plan. So, um, you know, I'd hate to come back to the, the putting it off piece, but what ends up happening is um, – uh, as far as looking at the, you know, step being able to step away and look at the business from a comprehensive standpoint, you know, what is it that I really want to get out of this? And a lot of times, folks will start with that. I mean, when they start the business, this is, you know, and people get into businesses for a lot of different reasons. Sometimes you fell into it. Sometimes you inherited it. <laughs> sometimes you're forced into it. And then sometimes you're doing something that you love, and you know, that's hopefully what you're running to more often. Um, but, you know, you, at the beginning, you have a vision of what I really want to do, what I really want to accomplish. And then a couple of years goes by, and, you know, maybe uh, the fork in the road took you left and you, where you thought it might have taken you right. And next thing you know, you had a plan, but all of a sudden your plan is obsolete. So really, uh, that comes back to the proactiveness, the proactiveness of updating your current plan and looking at it from a comprehensive nature uh, that incorporates, you know, all the way, you know, always starting with the end in mind. What do I want out of this? That's your business succession. Who are my key people that are going to help me get there? And how can I help them, you know, achieve their life goals? So that's your, you know, that's your employees. How do you take care of them and make sure that they're tied to the business and everybody's uh, best foots forward? Um, and when you start with the end of the mo- in mind, you can start to then visualize how to diversify risk away from your business. And there's lots of way to do, ways to do that. And like I mentioned earlier, um, most most of our clients, their their biggest asset is their business. So one of the things we try to do is help them to, you know, diversify assets away out of the business in a tax favored manner and allocated towards other goals. So if something happens with the business that wasn't quite planned, you've got other stuff built up and other nest eggs out there, rather than just all of it in one bucket. So uh, back to your question as far, as far as you know, what's the one mistake? is to uh, not keep your eye on the comprehensive long-term and help to diversify away from your business uh, over, over a period of time. Absolutely. You know, it's funny. As I was listening to you, I kind of had like a, uh, a flashback going back when I was first starting this business, and it was happening kind of organically, uh, you know, uh, not something that was super well-planned. It was, 
you know, uh, a good thing, but it was sort of materializing almost uh, accidentally, if you will, just the stars aligned. And at one point getting involved uh, uh, in a professional organization and had an advisor ask me the question, what are you going to do with this company? And, you know, is this going to be a lifestyle business? Is this something you want to grow and sell? And, I mean, it's kind of embarrassing to admit it, but <laughs> I didn't know. I, I'm like, uh, I don't know. And, you know, even having some, like you said, vision for what the future could look like is essential because that, that should be guiding the decisions that you make as you go forward. I, so it's a, fortunately now over time and some maturity and some experience, I know, you know, you need to be mindful of these things, but it's a real life trap for business owners to get, to get into this, even if they look like, you know, everything's firing on all cylinders and to have lost sight of well, what is it that we're doing here and how does that, how does that affect the other decisions I need to be making? Oh yeah. And it's, it's normal. It happens easily. So yeah, you just have to stay on top of it. Yeah. It sneaks up on you. Well, that's why people need to come to, to, to people like you and businesses like you to get that. Like you said, sometimes you just need to be wrestled down to the ground and uh, have someone work you through this process. So, yeah, you know, right. yeah, yeah, there's value in just uh, having someone, you know, hold your feet to the fire sometimes. So, I mean, here we are, you know, the market today, obviously there's a lot of crazy stuff going on out there. Uh, politics are a big factor. Uh, global events are a big factor. Uh, what are some of the things and threats in the market that you would say to a small business owner, hey, you know, you need to be paying attention to this stuff? Well, that's a good question. Um, well, it depends on the perspective you take, but really holistically, um, first thing you got to, you know, back to diversifying away from your business, depends on what industry that business is in. And we work with a lot of different types of businesses. Some are affected by the markets more than others. Some are, um, some do well when the markets do bad. So it just, it, you have to, it depends on the industry that they're in. But really, it, it starts by taking a step back and truly identifying what your goals are in relation to a few different areas. You know, there's the business, obviously. But then you want to look at a little bit deeper. You know, where am I in relation to how much money do I need and my family needs in today's dollars, net after tax, in index for inflation? Uh, how much do I need today, ideally? I mean, you know, I'd like to have, you know, you can make up a number. And we, we ask folks to stretch on that number. Um, and then once you find that number, say, okay, I've got that. So, but what, could, uh, what would be acceptable? All right, and that's typically a lower number. And what you have there is a range. And so you have, okay, well, this is what I need. This is my spend. This is what I'm, this is what I'm comfortable. This is my range of spending, ideally, but acceptable. Anything below that, you know, it's not really acceptable. Um, we need to make sure that our plan, regardless of what the markets do, is insulated that goal is insulated from the ups and downs in the market. How do you do that? And then there's, then you go to the next piece, saving. Well, okay, well, these are my goals, and now I understand what I want to be able to spend comfortably. So ideally, you know, I, you know for me personally, ideally I'd like to spend less, uh, or sorry, save less. I'd like to save as little as I can uh, to be able to achieve my goals. But in reality, I understand I'm going to have to probably save more. So then you have, on the ideal side, a lower number. I'd like to be able to save this amount and achieve my goals. That's ideal. But what's acceptable? Yeah, I could stretch it. I could do a much higher number if I had to to reach my goals. That's, that's acceptable. And again, we're back to that range. We're creating a range. And we actually have a patent on this range called the comfort zone. Um, the next relation is, the, uh, is risk. You know, ideally, uh, you know, I, I'd like my money in the mattress. <laughs> 
Yeah. I'd like to be as conservative as possible. But what's acceptable, sure. Given my age, yeah, I, you know, I can be moderate to aggressive. I can, I can live with that. I got plenty of time. So again, back to the range, back to the comfort zone, uh, and then we take it even further as far as um, uh, legacy. You know, ideally, and, and this, you know, these pieces are going to become more important. You know, as the years go by, you know, if I'm not here tomorrow, what? Um, you know, what do I want to have? Ideally, I'd like this to be passed on to my family or on to my church or on to my, or whatever, my charity that I, that I feel passionate about. But what's acceptable is this. So when you get all that, so sorry for the long-windedness, but when you get no, all no. that understood in a true plan around, around those core functions, um, then, then you can say, okay, now, now you have a plan that's driven by your goals, not one that's reactionary to the markets. So it almost doesn't matter. Once you have that plan and we establish the comfort zone, you can let, then that, that is your guide to tell you how to invest in the markets and, and how you should be going about navigating that. Uh, so I guess the, the quick sum up is, you know, let your goals dictate, um, you know, what you're doing in the markets. Don't let your markets dictate your goals. Yeah, that's a, well, I mean, and I, what I'm hearing you say is, you know, here, here's a small business owner sitting there, um, again, you know, maybe they're feeling some worry, some concern, or, or again, maybe they're just completely sort of checked out on, you know, pay, being mindful of these things. But what you've outlined a structure that would take someone who may feel very uncertain, like, you know, oh, I'm subject to all these things that are going on out there. I don't know what the future looks like. I'm not sure what would happen if, you know, something happened to me. And you're saying, hey, you know, follow this process, run through this structure with us, and you will be able to get some control over that, put some structure around it, and in turn, uh, certainly build your confidence in, hey, you know, um, no, things don't always work out. We know that even the best businesses will hit some serious speed bumps, but you have something uh, that gives you some parameters to work with then and give you some confidence on, hey, you know, I can make it, I can survive, and here's the, here's the bottom limit and top limit of what I'm able to do, uh, work with. Yeah, that's a, it's a great starting point, and you can navigate from there. So, Blake, I mean, obviously now doing this for a long time, do you have like a, a favorite success story? I mean, obviously, you know, even just if it's generic, but uh, anyone where you've seen a business come in and they were hurting and, you know, after getting a little bit more disciplined and partnering with you was able to really turn things around? Oh, that's a great question. Hmm, that's almost, that almost puts me on the spot. So I have a, you know, I'm, so I, we, our business is in the town that I grew up in, so a lot of the cases are people that I've known for a long time, so they mean a lot to me, uh, and I have seen a lot, and they're not all success stories. There's some things, I mean, you can't help everybody, and you can't fix everything, and sometimes it's too late, and sometimes it's all about timing, and sometimes folks just won't take action. Um, so it's not all success stories, but um, off the top of my head, if I could, um, I could talk about a story, a, a, a case that we have right now, and um, if that's okay as an example, sure, it, it would be, you know, there, there's, a, there's a company we're working with right now, and they came to us and said, look, we have four partners, and we really need to redo our operating agreement. And we wanted to uh, encompass, you know, if something happens to a partner, you know, uh, their shares go to their estate or their spouse, and we want to make sure that that, that spouse's or estate's financial future uh, doesn't depend, you know, doesn't, that's, that the financial success or failure doesn't depend on the success or failure of this business. So if the remaining three partners run it into the ground, well, that, you know, the deceased partner's estate doesn't have to worry about it. 
And if the remaining three partners take this thing and double or triple uh, the value, uh, well, then they don't have somebody that's not contributing, you know, taking a quarter of, of what's been grown. So how do we address that? And how do we address it? Uh, this other issue that we have? Um, we'd like to be very competitive in our space as far as attracting the top talent. You know, how, do you re how do we recruit, retain, reward the top people in our field and put a fence around them, you know, golden handcuffs, so that they are, they are incentivized to stay here but at the same time, we don't want to give away a bunch of stock in our company. We, we would like to be able to have other types of plans. Mm -hmm. So uh, the reason I bring this up as a, as a success story is uh, we did some digging, and I have a great back office. Uh, there are, there are um, our technical folks, and they came up with some great ideas um, that not only help with the business from a protection standpoint, you know, in, in the case of death, disability, termination, or retirement, if one of, the partners would have, if one of those triggers goes off, you know, the operating agreement, you know, very in a smooth fashion. Um, there's a separation, and, every, and all parties walk away, and there's there's no room for lawsuits or uh, potential issues. Um, and on the other hand, we actually, you know, we did some digging, and in, in, I don't know if not many people know this, but less than nine percent of the population in America has a pension anymore. And if you remember, uh, and now and people are more transient than ever, jumping from company to company to company. And if, you know, if you go back, you know, several years, uh, back when there was a lot of, when there was pensions, people stayed and worked there for 30, 40 years. You know, they stayed at the mm -hmm. same company their whole life because they wanted that pension. That's what kept them there quite often. So what we actually were able to do is develop a program for this firm, for this company, that allowed them to have their business protected, their families protected, and as they are competing for uh, new hires and talent, they can say, well, you can go to that other one. But we'll, you know, or you can come here, and we've put we put together a defined benefit, you know, a pension plan, in a very efficient manner, uh, that actually protects the firm uh, and really benefits the the talent. So I'd say off the top of my head, you know, I got a lot of cases, but that one right now, that one's that one's pretty cool because they are really seeing the value in it, and they're already starting to tell others about it. Um, uh, not their competitors, of course. <laughs> yeah. Well, it it what I love about that story, Blake, is. It talks to the fact that it's not, hey, you know, I'm going to build my business, and then once I get control of that and I feel good about it, then I'll worry about this, you know, planning and financial planning stuff. What it really illustrates is the work that you do really touches the heart of the business, right down to the very relationships among the partners. And, I mean, we both know, I, I've seen it certainly, and, and not so much from the structural side or the legal side, but from the relationship side, that when you don't have that foundation in place, you know, everybody kind of you know, takes it for granted, like, ah, we're partners, we're friends, we're brothers, you know, whatever it is. And, you know, uh, if things go wrong, we'll work it out. Well, <laughs> if you don't have those agreements in place, terrible things can happen. I mean, we've all heard nightmare stories and, and seen very unfortunate things happen in those circumstances. So you're, you're talking about helping a company really at its most foundational level have that infrastructure in place that allows it to survive what we know is going to happen, which is going to be, you know, uh, some kind of either disagreement or some unfortunate health issue, whatever it might be. I mean, it is going to happen. And if you're not prepared for it, it can really be disastrous for everybody involved. Yeah, you're exactly right, Seth. It's, um, again, it's back to the wrestling folks to the ground. If, if you don't be pro, if you're not proactive about addressing these types of things, you know, you know, when, when folks really do address these, it's, it's typically too late. It's when a, uh, a fire occurs 
and you have to put the brakes on, stop everything, say, okay, how much is it going to cost us to make this problem go away? Or is our business even going to survive this? Yeah. Are our employees going to stay or are they going to go to competitors because they, they know that there's turmoil? Are we going to lose our, our lines of credit with the banks because they know that we have issues going on? So, yeah, and, you know, it's just degrees of losing if, um, if you don't get ahead of it. So that's, that's really where a lot of our passion comes from is to try and get in front of as many people as we can to try and help them uh, before any of these, you know, pitfalls or fires uh, come up. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let me let me turn this just a little bit, and uh, I mean, because this is all great stuff. I mean, I as I'm listening to you, I mean, it's obvious that uh, you know, uh, not only are you passionate about passionate about this, but you're also extremely knowledgeable. Um, but just to ask you a personal kind of question, I mean, what drove you to want to do this? I mean, what uh, not only to be involved in you know financial planning and build your expertise, but also uh, the fact that you started your own practice. Um, what what kind of was the driver for you personally behind that? Sure. Um, another good question. So let's see. Actually, getting into this business, I this is all I've ever done. Really, I got into this uh, industry um, right out of college, and when I got into it, I had really had no clue what I was doing, uh, like most kids when they're getting their first job out of college. And yeah. um, but what I did, I ended up meeting with my mom. Of course, my you know low hanging fruit. You'll meet with anybody that'll talk to you at the beginning. And yep. my mom owned a small business, and she was a single parent. And, um, again, I, I don't know how she did it you know, as far as running a business and raising kids by herself. She did a great job. Um, you know, I, as you know, Seth, I have a stay-at-home uh, wife and two kids at home, and I don't know how we do it sometimes. So to, to do <laughs> yeah. it by yourself, that would be a trick. Yep. It's pretty, you know, nothing short of amazing. So, anyways, I got to talking with her and asking her some of these questions that we've been We've been talking about, you know, to this point, and she, you know, she had nothing. Um, she had nothing done, really. I mean, she had a she had a nice business, um, you know, great family and great relationships in the community. I mean, she had a lot, but as far as planning, she didn't have a retirement plan. Uh, I don't think she had a will at that time. If she did, it was really old, but I don't think she had a will. Uh, if she had any life insurance, it was minimal. She had no disability. And these are all things, you know, if something would have happened to her, you know, we'd have been in trouble when we were kids. Yeah. Um, the business would have been shut down, and those employees would have just left and did something else. And who knows? I mean, we probably would have had to go live with our grandparents. So I realized, you know, that's when I started to hit me. And then I'd go in and meet with another person that owned a business, and it was a similar story. And it was, you know, then, then, a, and then another one, and then another one. And, you know, there's lots of different variations, and some folks have some stuff done. Some have nothing. They learn to never presume. <laughs> some yeah. folks that you thought had it all taken care of, they're usually the ones that don't. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, they got all the money in the world? Uh, well, you know, they must have all this taken care of. Uh, well, I've been surprised, you know, more than many times. So, you know, to actually get into the field, to answer your question, I just stumbled into it out of, um, I like the idea of owning my own business, having control of my own hours, um, as any kid would. But then as I started to really meet with more and more people, starting with my mom, I realized, hey, you know what we do is important. And, um, you know, we didn't understand how important until I actually had my first client pass away. Uh-huh. That's, when you, that's when it hits you. You know, what we, do, what we do really matters, and this is important. So don't feel bad about following up and hounding people because, you know, you might end up saving their family. Yeah. So, you wow. know, that's, that's, um, that's kind of how we got, in, got into it, I guess, to answer your question. That's a, that's a great uh... – that's a great story, Blake. I mean, I think it shows, you know, even if you uh, 
kind of got into it, it was very quickly there that it became very personal for you. You know, I mean, that's your 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 family, um, your mother. You know, the you know respect you had for the work she put in, and then to say, you know, let me let me help you protect this. You know, it would be such a shame to um, lose. You know, uh, especially for things that can be prevented when that when the planning is invested. Uh, so that's a great that's a great backstory. So I'll just one last uh, question for you. Um, you know, what, what, what makes Fellows Financial Group unique? I mean, there's a, there's a lot of financial planning organizations out there. You know, people may look around the market and say, oh, you know, I can get this stuff from uh, other places. But, you know, what, what would you say? No, you know, we're, we're unique here. Um, come work with us. No, sure. Great question. So um, I've had the benefit of working now with uh, in two different partnerships. And... Um, from all of that and all those experiences, good and bad, you know, right and left, all over the place, um, we, you know, blossomed out Fellows Financial Group. And what we wanted to do was put together a, a team, you know, that felt like a family. We want we want it to feel like a family atmosphere. And I think we're we're accomplishing that. We're still fairly new as far as this company goes. We're only a couple years old, but plan on being here a long time. And um, uh, we, what we have developed is a patented planning process. I mean, we actually went out and got a patent on a planning process that can help folks, you know, from that we can take it many different directions, whether it's business succession planning, you know, incentivizing key employees or attracting new employees. Um, we break it down into different insurance products, um, retirement plans, you know, uh, health benefits. But what we did is, is, you know, gosh, when I got into this business, I could walk in and one day I'm, I'm actually wearing all those hats. You know, you could do that. You could be one guy, one day I'm your health insurance guy, now I'm your estate planner, now I'm your investment guy. Um, you, you can't do that anymore. I mean, uh, the other benefit of the time frame is, you know, when I got into the business, it was right during the dot-com bubble. So mm -hmm. I got that a taste of that right out of the gate. And then, you know, followed by 9-11, uh, then followed by 2008, you know, and then on and on and on. So the past 15 years, what happens when those big things happens, happen are laws change and regulations are instituted. So it has become so difficult. You have to be a specialist in these different areas now. So we have built uh, Fellows Financial Group. Uh, we've built it out with teams. teams that spe Now, we have a group that does nothing but group health, life, uh, long-term disability, short-term disability, that's all they do all day long, and I don't, you know, they, they're the specialists on our team. We have a gentleman that uh, he and his team are do all the Medicare. Any Medicare questions, any Social Security questions, they go to that part of the team. That's great because uh, you just can't, you can't do all this anymore. If, if for retirement plans, there's another uh, regulation that's going to be finalized in April 2017. Uh, you have to have specialists that are doing that now. You just can't have, you know, your health insurance guy doing your 401k anymore. You got to have teams yeah. that are built out. Um, we have a group uh, that uh, very well acclimated into the estate planning, business succession um, uh, planning realm. And uh, gosh, uh, the gentleman that heads that up. I mean, he's been doing it 35 years, and our team is, you know, uh, CPAs, tax attorneys. And we don't do uh, documents. We work with your attorney for those. We don't do tax returns. We work with your accountant. We try to all play well in the sandbox, come up with the best, best path forward based on what the goals are for the, for the business owner and the company. So I'd say, you know, it's another long-winded answer, right? 
but when you put all that together, we, we are true advocates. We have built a, a, a team that's, that are true advocates for small to mid-sized business owners, their employees, and their families. Uh, and we feel that you know, once, you, once we sit down and are able to just introduce what we do for 30 minutes and really understand what it is you're trying to accomplish, it starts to come out why we're different, uh, above and beyond just actually having a patent on one of our processes. Well, it's, uh, it, it comes through, but like listening to you talk, I mean, the passion, the expertise, and then like you said, I mean, working with you guys, obviously they're getting the uh, full suite of expertise, not just sort of the watered-down version. And then that word advocates is pretty powerful. You know, it's, uh, it's like a true partnership, it sounds like, is, uh, you know, kind of the mold that you guys are trying to forge there. Yeah, no, absolutely. These are, you know, lifelong relationships we're, we're working to build. It's not just, um, you know, uh, one, one time and done. So, yeah, that's, that's, we're working hard for it. We've got a long ways to go, um, but we're building a pretty good family here at the company. All right. Well, if people want to come learn more, um, your website, uh, you guys just redid your website and have it out there, right? Um, we'll make sure we post that along with the interview uh, so anybody can just go right on the navigation that goes with this interview and uh, come find you. Uh, we'll post a link to your LinkedIn profile so people can track you down if they want to uh, talk with you, have questions. Uh, and you know, want to learn more about what you guys do. So I want to thank you for taking the time to do this. I know I learned some stuff today, and I'm, I'm sure anybody listening will as well. And uh, Blake, we'll look forward to uh, working with you again soon. Yeah, thank you, Seth. Uh, thanks very much. This is great. All right. And for the folks listening, you can always uh, you know, stick with Modern Da Vinci for more tips on not only you know, the financial planning side of business, but leadership development, business growth, and uh, whatever else it is that we can help, to guide, uh, help you guys be successful. Thanks and take care.